Hey friends, welcome to the Johnson City Living Podcast, where we learn about the people, places, events, and flavors that make Johnson City just a lovely place to live. I'm your host, Colin Johnson, with the Colin and Carly Group and Keller Williams Realty. If you're interested in buying or selling a home in the area, or if you're looking at investing in a rental property, give us a call at 423-930-8003, and we will look forward to helping you. Now, let's get to today's episode. I am excited for you guys. Um, I'm excited for me because I get to meet Taylor Clarman with River Run Angling. And I'm excited to just learn about fishing because uh, my dad took me fishing when I was a kid. I've always had an affinity for it. And I'm looking forward to jumping in the boat with you sometime when it warms up because it's a little bit cold right now. But sure. welcome to the podcast. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Thank you for having me. Dude. Yeah. So River Run Angling. How does that go it's going good. Um, you know, we've we've been in the area for a couple of years now, based out of Bristol. Uh, my wife and I live just a couple of minutes from the South Holster River, uh, out in the Hickory Tree area. Oh yeah. And uh, just moved in there last January. It was you know kind of did some hard work over the past few years and got our little dream location, so oh. to say. But uh, you know, makes the commute to work a lot faster and easier. But yeah. Yeah, we really enjoy living out there and uh, just watching this little business of ours grow. So I love it. I love it. Okay, so Johnson City Living, I asked the guest, first question, what's your favorite thing about Johnson City? But since you live in Bristol, we'll hit that next. So Johnson City, sure. first thing you love about JC. Yeah, so we we moved to Bristol from Johnson City. Okay. So, so we you live, got a history? Yeah, we, li- we lived down here uh, for a couple years. And um, I think my favorite thing about Johnson City is and it, it kind of goes back to Bristol later on, but it's it's not too much and it's not too little. It feels like this perfect community with a lot of accessibility uh, to fun, you know, fun things to do. Yeah. Um, the community itself is overall friendly. Everybody's caring, um, and you just have access to all these you know fun things to do. Whether it's going to Southern Craft for great barbecue or uh, a couple of the dog parks that are here, which is huge for us. We mm-hmm. had a lot of a lot of dogs. Um, even going up to Wing Deer Park to you know watch the river go by and people yeah. fish. Or um, it's just this community that is not overwhelming, but is jam packed full of just fun things to do. Yeah, I yeah. agree a hundred percent. I love that it's kind of not too big, not too small. Yeah, it's just right. it's perfect. We're like perfect. Goldilocks and the porridge. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, all right, favorite thing in Bristol. And now you're a Bristonian or yeah. Um, so, and it's a it's a guilty pleasure, and it it's it's totally to my core. But uh, my favorite thing in Bristol uh, is actually State Line Bar and Grill. Yeah, and it's because of their chicken wings. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a huge boneless wing fan, and I just feel like they have uh, the best to offer. Um, and they provided a community for me when I first moved here. I was waiting on my drift boat to be built. And I actually worked there for a little bit. Oh, sweet. Um, but the the owner, Jack and Annette, their brother and sister, and uh, they just provided this space for me to meet a lot of the community because it's kind of just a meeting point in downtown yeah. Bristol, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh, so that's that's probably my one, you know, huge guilty pleasure, favorite thing about Bristol is State Line Bar and Grill. And I don't know that sounds so simple, but if no. you break it down and see what it has to offer to everybody that just meets there. Yeah. Um, you're talking... You know, the day after Christmas, they're open and you can go in and, you know, get a hot toddy with your friends and hang out. And uh, it's just kind of a it's an epicenter for downtown. You Isn't know, that's, cool. for yeah, me, that's, that's it. Where people get together, and hang out. Yeah. Now, let's rewind. You said you're a boneless wing fan. Like, boneless there's some, wing? there's some yeah. people probably listening that said, sure, those are chicken nuggets. That's not. No, those, those aren't wings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
There may be, but if they've never tried them, I would highly encourage them to go uh, go check them out. And you don't like the bone, is it just because it's the work of it? It's the work. You nailed it. It's the work. I uh, I like getting a fork and just being able to get pluck that it. thing off the plate and get it in my mouth. So yeah. Favorite flavor <laughs> of wing? Uh, so sweet chili, mm. sweet and savory. I like uh, like the sweet stuff and the spicy kick at the end is really good. Yeah. So. Fun fact, I get the flats, which are not the little drums, yep. which are like the little drumsticks. So I you pay the that extra $2 for the flats? I will, because you can twist <laughs> one of the bones and pop it right out, and then you just dip it in the blue cheese and strip it. And so yep. you get them out, you've got just a pile of bones at the end of the deal, and yeah. they are so good. But I yep. think, I don't know, my personal opinion is the the bone adds a little flavor, but sure, I can go around on that. Yeah. I'm, it's, it's not going to... May yeah. us not be friends. Yeah. We'll, we'll hang out. You can get your boneless. My That's son right. gets boneless ones. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Where'd you grow up? So, yeah. So, I grew up in a small town in southern Alabama named Fairhope, and it's uh, nestled right on Mobile Bay, oh, which cool. leads out into the Gulf of Mexico. How beautiful is that? Uh, you know, extremely fortunate and blessed to grow up there. Uh, there again, you know, kind of the accessibility standpoint to have the, the great outdoors, kind of the saying about Fairhope is you were perfectly nestled uh, between the woods and the water. Oh. So we lived waterfront and you could drive 30 minutes away and, and be in Blackshire, Alabama or some other places that was, you know, provided the deer hunting and the dirt road riding and some of the outdoor stuff there. Um, but yeah, we were just perfectly, you know, nestled between the woods and the water. And so my outdoor adventures, you know, started in elementary school. Um, so that's yeah, awesome. That's great. Yeah. Where did you, um, so I'm assuming there's where you started fishing. That is where I started fishing. Uh, my mother owned a, a, a teacher supply store in downtown Fairhope. And so I had, I was, have two older brothers. And so, uh, when we would get out of school for the day, we would, check in at her shop and let her know we were alive and then <laughs> it was only uh maybe a five minute walk down to the Fairhope Municipal Pier which stretched out you know over Mobile Bay um but we would just go down there with fishing rod in hand and we'd we'd stay there until she was done or you know and we'd get picked up and go home and uh so yeah it started at a very early age that's yeah. awesome that's awesome did you have somebody teach you how to fish um <clears throat> I my mom Actually, uh, I was raised predominantly by my mom. Um, she grew up in Georgia, but her family always had houseboats on uh, Lake Lanier. Oh, yeah. And so she grew up uh, a fisher lady. And um, yeah, so she was actually the one who, in the early beginning stages, taught me how to fish. And so, you know, throughout the rest of our life, we've just shared such a great journey. Um, you know, fishing multiple locations all across the United States together. And that's that's kind of our thing. Yeah. So uh we did uh last year we or not last year it was this year it came out just a few months ago uh with northeast tennessee tourism association they did a big uh very nice well-written article on my mother being a fly fisher lady that's awesome and uh they got to go out on the river with us for a day and they filmed us and and it was great it was really really good so she's uh been the biggest part of my fishing journey for now she sure. catch more fish than you got that she yeah well <laughs> It's a good question. She's listening. So, she, you know. she is listening. She will hear this. Uh, she did that day, but only because I was rowing the boat. Uh, but she does give me a run for my money every time we actually get to fish together. So. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so special. <laughs> now, do your good. brothers fish too? They do, yeah. So uh, my oldest brother, he lives on Magnolia River um, in Alabama. And so, you know, they've got the, the whole waterfront property, oh, boat, wow. dock, pier. And he's got two little girls that oh. he teaches to fish. And then my middle brother, he lives... Um, Kind of near 30A in uh -huh. Florida. Yeah. 
um, seaside down there and he's got twin boys who are 10 and so uh, he's teaching them to fish and they come up here and fish with me a few times so How fun is that? it's just it is it's the best yeah. it's uh watching kind of I think uh, through things in life you you know as we progress in age I feel like you get to regress in either raising your children or giving your friends children an experience or your, or your family members and mm-hmm. So in doing that, yeah, I feel like I get to be a kid again when I'm teaching them and uh, watching their eyes light up when that rod, you know, bends over with yeah. the fish on. It's yeah. just, it's one of those moments you can't replace. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. Now, do you have kids? I do. I have one. Uh, so we're a year and three months into our first child. Uh, we have a little girl. Uh, her name's Cooper. And uh, first boat ride for her down the river was at six months old. We put a life vest on her and she looked like a little jelly bean. <laughs> it's all life vest and face. <laughs> it didn't last long. We were only out there for about two hours, but uh, you know, my wife just held on to her for dear life. And uh, not that there was a reason to, but you know, just, yeah. uh, and we got her down the river and she's uh, been on one other boat ride since then, but uh, definitely waiting, you know, at the earliest of age that, you know, she can function a fly rod, she'll, she'll start learning. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, talk to us a little bit about River Run. Um, where, how did that start? Like, where did you get the idea? Like, hey, I could fish for a living. Yeah. So it, it goes back to growing up in Fairhope. Um, you know, there was just a couple things I think I was really bound and destined to do in life. Um, one of them, unknowingly at the time, was the military, and then the second one was being a, a fishing guide. Mm-hmm. Um, I really should have probably just started out being a fishing guide right out of high school. Uh, life takes us on various paths. I ended up in the military. Um, I grew up a saltwater fisherman, so the techniques are different. You're using spinning rods and such. While I was in the military, um, I was injured in Afghanistan, came back. I was in Wounded Warriors for a little bit, wow. and they sent me to uh, Project Healing Waters for a group trip, which is fly fishing. And so that was when I was first introduced to fly fishing. Uh, you know, I was just habituated with it after that fact. And I got out of the Marine Corps, had a friend call who I served with, went out to Oregon, lived on his ranch. Uh, he taught me how to be a, a fly fishing guide and I got to practice fly fishing a lot more. Um, finished some college, moved back uh, here to the East Coast, uh, worked for the Veterans Affairs for a little bit, um, ended up getting some more schooling under my belt. And then I, it was just one of those things where it was like, you know, if you don't do this now, you're never going to do it. Um, and of course there was other, you know, circumstances around that. I was looking more for the life I wanted to live. And for me, I wanted everything I had in Oregon geographically, the mountains, the snowboarding, the rivers, the hiking, um, the wildlife and living in a city in Birmingham, Alabama just doesn't give you that. So I found East Tennessee and it was like, at that time, I was single. I had a, a black Labrador who I still have named Molly. So it was just uh, me and, and Molly. Molly on the yeah. road. How did well, you pick Johnson City out of? The rivers. The rivers. Okay. Literally just the rivers. So a lot of people don't know this. Um, and a lot this, of people do. And a lot of people <laughs> do. But the South Wilson River is actually in the top six rivers in the United States to fly fish. So the top top six. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing when you consider all the tributaries and rivers that the United States holds. Right. Absolutely. I mean, there's just thousands of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's how I picked this area. Um, just ended up here because of the rivers. And with the intent, I mean, the intent was to move here and start 
river run angling. You know, I didn't have a name for it first and that was a funny process, bouncing names off family and friends and my parents, but uh, I wanted it to be a little different. You know, a lot of the companies up here named South Holson this or South Holson mm -hmm. that, but, which is great. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but I like uh, being the youngest child. I've kind of always been that black sheep. And I like marching to the beat of my own drum. So we picked a little different name. I love it. Um, well, so we run the name denote or notes something else. It's a, when you think of the word angling, it means all measures of fishing. And so I do predominantly fly fishing trips, but I still have some of that saltwater technique in my body with the spinning rods and stuff. So mm -hmm. I also do spinning rod light tackle trips. And that's what angling means. It's the measures of all ability. You so know, you go bass fishing fish. in a light. Um, I've been with a friend of mine. I haven't been, as they call the bassin side of the dam, <laughs> bassin. the bassin side of the dam. I don't, I don't do a whole lot of that. Those deep water guys. Yeah. Deep water guys up there, but, uh, in a roundabout way, that's, that's how river run England was formed. Oh, that's cool. And, um, yeah, we're just here and doing it. So that's awesome. Tell <laughs> us about the business. So yeah. is it just you? So, uh, it's, 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 we're kind of getting the business side of things. So when you look at the guiding world, most guides, they're basically contractors that provide their services to other companies. So I have grown to a point over the past year um, to where I'm utilizing three to four and sometimes five other guides to run trips for me and I'm still running my own trips. Um, we're going through some growing pains right now, which is great. Uh, you know, you just gotta accept those challenges. Um, Fortunately enough for me, you know, I really want two to three guides that specifically work for me and not enlisting other people's services. Um, so right now, currently, I just had one of my Marines that I served with who's just been a lifelong best friend since then. Uh, he just moved to the area uh, for intensive purpose to start guiding for me full time. Oh, cool. Um, so he's helping out with the growing pains a little bit. He's going to start a new career. Um, so the business side of things is really great and we're growing. We just got to keep up with the demand and what's going on and, uh, you know, facilitating that to the best interest of everybody. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Business, being a small business owner is challenging, but it's like one of the best well, things ever. It really is. And it's kind of that saying that you may have seen or not, but it's like, if you never want to sleep again, own your own business. Right. And that's. <laughs> You know, so right now a good I have my own child and my own business, and now I just never sleep. But yeah. <laughs> smart. But uh, you well, know, part of this is why you're not sleeping. Anyway. It, yeah, absolutely. And so it is. It's uh, it's growing, and we just got. I just got to a point this year, about halfway through the season. I've, I've done some things on the back end of the business where we hired a marketing manager, we hired an SEO guy, and they're local out of Kingsport, uh, so we like keeping business in the area. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they did such a phenomenal job for us and you know and, and we've ran and i feel like we've ran great trips for people and so we're getting the repeat business and then we're getting a lot of new folks coming in um yeah it just you know it makes me smile talking about it because yeah. i think you know life is a process and you start a business and then you, you get to these little growing points and it's it's can be a headache sometimes but it's it's a it's a headache worth smiling over agree you know, yeah so. that's awesome yeah. that's really good um Tell me about your wife a little bit. What's her name? Yeah, so my wife's name is Marley. Marley. Uh, Marley's originally from Atlanta. Okay. Um, <clears throat> she's from Atlanta, and she moved up here to uh, to finish her school out. Uh, she's an occupational therapist. Yeah. 
And uh, so right now, she took the initial year off after having Cooper, which is our daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a stay-at-home mom, and it kind of just got to that point after a year. I came home one day, and, you know, it was like the wheels fell off, but in the best way possible. It was like, I'm going back to work, you know. I was like, go. Yeah, you know, do, it. You're done. do it. Go yeah, for it. Go. So uh, she was working geriatrics with a lot of the assisted living facilities mm-hmm. in Johnson City and Bristol. And, um, you know, she just wanted to take a different approach to it. And so she has switched over to pediatrics. Cool. And now she's working for Blue Mountain Therapy in Abingdon. Nice. Um, so, which is great. They have a daycare facility on site. So she oh. gets to take Cooper with her to work. And see her, and see her, and 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 she also treats kids at the at the daycare portion of it. How cool uh, is that? It's really cool, and so her opportunity uh, has been seized, and she is just making the most of it. Um, she was not a fly fisher lady when I met her. Uh, in fact, I don't think it ever fished at all. And uh, you know, we had a day over the Thanksgiving break. Uh, we had the babysitter over and got to throw her on the boat. And you know, that's how our dating started. Was you know, one, me being me and always wanting to be on the river, but I would just throw on the boat and we'd go float down the river. Yeah. Um, but we did fish with each other for the first time in a few months uh, last week. And she had, in my opinion, the best day fishing that she's had in a long time. Oh, and, fun. Yeah, and just, just to be able to integrate, you know, everything that we do together and to do that. But uh, yeah, so she's doing pediatrics. She's working at Blue Mountain Therapy in Abingdon and, uh, you know, she's still fishing. So keeping an eye on you. Keeping an eye on me. That's I right. Keep, it. Keeping I me it. together. Now, speaking of therapy, you guys offer a handicap accessible drift boat, right? Yeah. So, um, and this is kind of one of those things where we enlist somebody else's, not service, but boat. So Blue Mountain Therapy, where my wife works, the owner is Clint Waddell. Um, Clint is just this huge conservationist, outdoorsman. He's been a fly fishing guide in his life. He still does guided fly fishing trips um, through Blue Mountain Therapy. Uh, which is really neat. And I'll hit on that real quick and then go with the rest of it. But so um, when some of the the kids hit their weekly goals, Clint rewards them with float trips down the river. How cool is that? Well, I mean, to be able to have that as a reward, you it's know, huge. I probably would have done a lot better in high school if my parents were like, hey, right. if you just do this this week, we'll send you on a guided trip down, you know, out in the bay or something. Seriously. So Instead anyway, of like a, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to give you like a popsicle or something. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's really cool. But uh, so Clint, um, through the physical therapy side and the things that he does being the owner of Blue Mountain Therapy, he was able, he had a full-sized handicap accessible drift boat made. And so the way that it works, the back of the drift boat is on pins and you can pull the pins, you can drop the back gate down and so you can roll wheelchairs up into the front of it and lock them down to the floor and get those folks down the river. So I got to participate on one of the trips last year. Uh, really, really neat trip. Um, took a gentleman with cerebral palsy. Oh, yeah. Got to be go out there and catch his first fish on a fly rod. Um, this to me was an amazing story. Um, so Clint had a, had a patient um, that was blind. And they were actually able to get him, you know, locked into a chair down the river and got him to catch his first fish on a fly rod. How awesome is that? Um, it's amazing. It's just really great. It's right. a great Those thing. Those are the days you're like, today was just a great day. Well, you get out there and, you know, no matter the disability, you get to do something different. And I think at the end of the day, it's one of those things where you walk away and it's not even about what you've done for them. It's watching them succeed in the entire environment and be able to do something that otherwise less they wouldn't be able to do without that catalyst of that boat. Yeah. 
because if you don't have that boat, you cannot get those folks right. down the river. So we want to keep promoting this. And this is a this is not even for River Run Angling. This is for everybody. Sure. Because in order for this to work, if somebody calls me and says, we need access to this, I call Clint. We work together. You know, he either brings me the boat or I go get it or he's on the trip. And, you know, we're just, we're working together. And it's, it's all in the same intent and purpose is just to get these folks down the river in this handicap accessible drift boat. So... And just give them just an amazing experience that they never would have had. Hundred percent. I mean, that just yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's uh, rewarding. yeah, it's it's really rewarding. But I'd say at the end of the day, it's uh, you just you watch people get to do these things, uh, you know, with the catalyst of that boat and doing it. It is. It's it's hard to describe. I'm trying to put it in words right now, and, and I can't. can't. It's just, yeah, it's I can great. tell you're getting you a little, know, You know, it's yeah. just awesome. It's so much. It's awesome. Yeah, man. it's really cool. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about drift boats, because I sure. You know, it's not a canoe. It's not a out, it doesn't have an outboard motor on the back of it. Yeah. You know, um, what's up with drift boats? I see them running yeah. around behind trucks here and there. Well, there's all over the place. Yeah, right? there's a thousand of them here. Um, so, drift boats, you row them. Okay. Uh, standard drift boats usually in between twelve to fifteen feet long. They're about four feet wide. Some are a little wider. Um, you know, it's it's just a point of nostalgia. You're going down a river, the current's taking you, you don't have motors on them, there's no noise. It's so quiet, yeah. And there's just one person in the center, just rowing, and you know, obviously they're your guide, and they're guiding you down the river. Um, drift boats, and, and Mitch and I have kind of hit on this from where he's from. So, uh, drift boats were actually originated and formed by the Mormons. Okay. And so the original, one of the original drift boat companies uh, is named Hyde, and they're from Montana. And um, so that's where the boats were kind of originated. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not a canoe and it's not a motorized boat. It's just kind of perfectly situated in between those two. And you've it's got a flat bottom, but it, yeah. at the ends, it really shoots up. Like flat, yeah, flat bottom. Um, your stern is pointed and raised about four feet off the water, uh, or your bow, I'm sorry. Your bow is raised, pointed four feet off the water, your stern more square, but also raised. And it's, yeah. it's kind of a, a U-shape. Yeah, it looks kind of like a hammock almost, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I wish it rode like a hammock. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, like you need to get a gel padded seat. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah they're not fast. Um, you know, and it is, it just, for me, it all breaks back to nostalgia. Some of the boats, like mine, you can you can put a, a little nine horsepower motor on the back of it and kind of put around with it. But, uh, you know, I just, I don't think uh, fly fishermen, they don't come here for that. You right. know, and that's that's a good thing. And plus, keeping the motors out of the river uh, kind of goes back to that conservation point. Yeah, you're not you leaking know, oil and gas. Not leaking oil and gas. You're not, you know, not debilitating the resource that we have and love so much. So, yeah, um, yeah they're very unique, uh, very unique piece of equipment. They're really yeah. cool. Yeah, they look cool. I'm, I can't wait to get in one. Um, Talk to us about fish. What can what kind of fish can we catch when we go out with you? Yeah, on the river? so predominantly what we're targeting are brown trout and rainbow trout. And and brown trout you can't find all over the place, right? I mean, like they're not just everywhere. You didn't have them in Alabama, probably. Um, no, not unless you get in the very northern parts of Alabama. But even then, they're sparse. So that's why the South Holston's so unique. So we used to have a restocking program for the brown trout. Um, you know, back in the 80s, and then their habitat and reproducing thrived. Uh, TWRA did a slight restocking program with the Browns in the early 2000s and realized like, hey, this just isn't needed. So basically today, fast forward to 2023, every brown trout that you catch in that river is native. They're That's native awesome. to that river, which is a very unique factor. Um, 
We do have a uh, stocking program with the rainbow trout. Okay. Um, so they're still doing that. Um, you know, there are some wild rainbow. I think the majority of them are stocked. It really just depends on who you ask. But those are the two main fish that we would target going down those rivers. Now, um, yeah, I'm trying to think on, on the fishing. Like, how do you guys not overfish? I mean, if you've got a thousand guides out there <clears throat> and you got, you know, they're running... I don't know how many trips you do a day. Maybe yeah, two. so that's a you catch and release everything, or do you get to take it? You know, like just I am a catch and release yeah. company. Um, you know, you'll have people ask to keep them all the time, and then we just go into this uh, conservation, right. you know, talk and kind of near the end of it. I like, think. Would you people, like to come back next year? Yeah, <laughs> I think people. <laughs> Let's leave them here. Then. Yeah, I just I think people once you have the the serious talk with them about the conservation, why we don't like to keep the trip. Uh, you know, the running joke for guides is one is job security, but that's right. not it too. I mean, the, the main thing is, is not depleting that resource. Cause if we deplete it, then there's nothing for anybody. Yep. Um, that is a hot topic right now, as far as it being overfished. Um, yeah, there's a lot of guide services. There's a lot of recreational people. East Tennessee is one of the most diverse fisheries in the United States. So we got, we have a huge influx of people coming from out of town, mm -hmm. plus the local people who like to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you add all the guide trips on top. So yeah, it's a, that's a hot topic and that's probably a whole nother podcast. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Is there a group of like, do you have like a guide organization that you guys kind of get together and talk about these things or? Uh, great question. So, uh, John Hooper, uh, who uh, manages South Holston River Lodge, Matt Manis, who owns High Country Boats in Elizabethan, and a couple other folks in the area. They got together this year and formed the Blue Ridge Guide Association. Oh, cool. And so basically what that is, is to give the guide community a collective voice to be able to go talk with um, TVA, TWRA, those government entities that control a lot of what we do. Yeah. Uh, people, some people know what a tailwater system is. Some people don't. And a tailwater system, it's a dam controlled water release system. So we rely on the water out of the lake to be released. Which is all we have, right? Yeah. Uh, um, no. Well, you do have some mountain streams. We've got the mountain streams and stuff, but, but the majority of what we do yeah, is the tailwater, tailwater system. Right. But you know, you've got the lake, which feeds the river and then flows into another lake. Uh, TVA, TWRA, but mainly TVA controls the water release schedules. Uh, the Guide Association, one of our biggest things is not necessarily having enough water for us to be able to float down the river, but having a continuous flow. That continuous flow that feeds the river does a lot of things with the photosynthesis, causes bug hatches, which these fish needs bug yeah. fish need bugs to eat. Right. Um, and it is a sustainable feature for the river to always have flowing water. Gotcha. So our Guide Association does a myriad of things for the community. Uh, we do tailwater cleanups, you know, once every three to six months, there's a, a tailwater cleanup. All the guides take their seats out of their boat. We go out there for a day, we get all the trash out of the river. They've got roll off dumpsters. Which all is just crazy. Up. People pick up your trash. I mean, how hard is it? Like, I think a lot of what we see, and this is just my opinion, a lot of what we see is really stuff that's been in the river for 20, 30 years, old tires. It's you know, somebody's yeah. stove that they rolled down a hill. I mean, just, you know. And, and don't don't do that stuff. Let's just roll it down a hill. It'll the, go in the river. It'll be fine. Well, you know, 10, 10 to 15 years ago, what's happening on these rivers today was not happening right. back then. It was just a river. It was just a river. Thing. Nobody was going there. I mean, but now it's an income producing entity that brings in um, millions, millions of dollars. Millions of dollars for the economy. Yeah. Absolutely. And so um, we are very much conservationist and the blue ridge guide association is giving us that collective 
voice to combat a lot of that's things awesome. right now. And so. probably educating some of the guides who are like, yeah, you can take it home, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, well, let's talk about that. Let's, you know, maybe one a week or something, yeah. you know. It's a healthy conversation, but it is. It's it's doing what it's supposed to right. do, and uh, we're looking forward to the future with it for sure. I love, it. I love yeah. it. All right, let's say somebody's listening. They want to hook up with you, and they sure. want to get on a boat. What's the process? What does that look like? Yeah, so you got a website you go to? Yep. So the website is riverrunangling.com. Okay. There's a contact us form on there. Uh, you can submit, you know, all your information, name, phone number, email. We are not a spam company. We will not email you once a month. We won't even email you once a year. I just don't believe in that. Um, but leave us all your information. You know, if you've got dates, specific dates, leave that in there and then uh, we will me, I like picking up the phone. I like talking to my clients direct. So I, I usually just call them direct right back and say, hey, you know, let's talk about it. Um, How far out do they need to? Yeah, good question. Are so, you looking for like April already? I'm, I've, already uh, I've already got trips on the books for March, April, and May. Oh, wow. um, one of my, I just booked one of my favorite ones last night. I do a, a five-boat trip every year with Washington and Lee University Fly Fishing Club. Oh, that's cool. Um, so we've got them hooked up with some of our lodging partners, and they're coming back for their third year in a row now, which nice. is great. And each year, we started out with one boat. Second year, went to three boats. This year, it's five boats. So... It's good when, you know, their club's building, which is the, the greatest thing. Yeah. Like, I wish they would have had fly fishing clubs or fishing clubs in general when yeah, I was same in here. school. That's cool. Uh, but, yeah, just contact us through the website. My cell phone number's on the website. That's the direct number. I'm really responsive to text because I'm always on the river. I usually can text people during the lunch break um, or just call, and we will definitely call you back um, every day after 5 p.m. And you, know, you mentioned right. lodging, so, like, they can yeah. connect with you yes. and set the whole trip up. Yes, I've got uh, I've got two uh, main lodging companies that have between the two of them they have five houses directly on the South Holston River. Um, you can That's find what you want to do. You want to stay on the river if you can, right? I mean, it's just beautiful. And... It's beautiful. The scenery's great. You get a peace of mind. The houses are just amazing properties. You get to watch the water. All the other boats float by. Uh, where these five houses are located on the river, you're still only 12 minutes from downtown Bristol, and then you're 23 minutes from Johnson City. So you can run and get boneless wings. You can run and get some boneless wings. That's exactly right. Yeah, but yeah, we can handle all that. Um, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, we've you know as this has grown, um, I get just as many call about uh, many calls about lodging as I do fishing, which is great because we're able to pair the two together. It's right. a one stop shop. You can call me. I can call them and book your dates, your lodging and everything for you. And then you just show up and have a good time. I so, love it. Yeah. How many people can get in a boat? Like, like, Yeah, that's a good question. So most drift boats only hold two people. Okay. My drift boat's a little bigger drift boat, boat and has an option. We can put a third seat in. So we can take three anglers okay. on my boat. That's not always the best scenario, but sometimes you get mom and dad who have a 10 year old that just wants to ride down the river. Right. right. So I can hold three people. Most of the guides that I enlist to help out with the trips uh, they can hold three people as well. That's not always the case, but two anglers per boat is standard. Gotcha. So. Okay. So if you had a, guy, a bunch of guys or ladies, sure. and they're like, okay, we're going to go. So you can, you can accommodate, I mean, a bunch of people. Like yes. If you said you want to have a big trip. Yeah. Yeah. We can. Five boat trip is what you were doing. Five boat people. trip. We like the, we like the corporate trips that come in. Um, you know, having the, the friends that I have in the industry, I, you know, I like to feel like I could facilitate at least a 10 to 12 boat trip if, yeah. if needed. Oh, wow. Um, that's so, amazing. So, yeah, it doesn't matter how many folks you got. We'll find a way to, to make it happen for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what, is, what does the future look like for River Run, you think? 
I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier. Um, finding one or two guides that solely work for me. Yeah. Um, and facilitating those, you know, facilitating those trips for them throughout the year. I'd like for it to be, you know, ultimately in the end, um, I would like for it to be I'm fishing two to three days a week and booking out, you know, three to four other guides every day um, and doing that as I get older. I'm, I'm 37, you know, I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I think by the time I'm 40, I'd like to be more on running the business end of it and booking out all the trips and booking the lodging for folks than having, uh, having, to, get in the boat having to be in the boat going down the river. Yeah. My love and passion will never change for it. And I'll always fish people, I think two to three days a week, but I would like to get to more of that status. Yeah, like we're, we're, we're yeah you're kind of managing it. Well, time. right now I'm doing both. Right. Uh, oh, I know. And it's, it's not, con it's not consistent, but they're, you know, our six busiest months out of the year. I mean, there's, there's months where I'm booking 10 to 15, 20 trips a week, and I'm having to arrange all those trips with all the other guides, plus I'm guiding five to six days a week. It's a lot of being on the phone and being in the boat, and I get home and my wife's looking at me just like, you gonna sit down and eat dinner with us? Yeah. Who are so, you again? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, those two ships passing. I have a picture like yeah. of this guy. It looks a lot You're, like you. You know, I, I get this one a, a good bit. Your daughter would like to. Right. You know, hang out with you. Good job, is, Marley. Way to push in yeah. on him a little bit. That's right. <laughs> but it's needed. She she has to bring me uh bring me back down. Yeah, I think as uh, guys we want to just grow and thrive and yeah. conquer stuff and just push it. And yeah. I think that's where our wives balance us out some. They're like, you know, you it, need to be at home with with us some too. It's needed. I I know Marley looks forward to the winter time when I'm home, yeah. you know, a lot more and can participate a lot more and um you know, but it, and, and she understands it and it goes back. I, I tell her, it's like, if I don't do this now, I'm going to have to be doing it later. Right. So let me do it. You know, let's do it now and not later. So. Okay. People listening to are probably a lot like me. I have no idea what it costs. Like you have sure. ballpark ideas. Like just, yeah, and I'll I don't get, know if it's seasonality <laughs> too. So no. You can talk about, talk about a little bit of cost so that yeah. people are like, oh, that's not too bad. No. Um, it, it's not too bad when you look at everything that goes into it from my standpoint, which uh, 100%. is the operational costs and everything that goes. But uh, I say that to say this, I'm fully aware though it is a lot of money and that's why we just have to do the best trips for people. But so your full days are eight hours of fishing. Mm -hmm. It's $500 for the full day. That's for two anglers. We provide your lunch, snack, drinks, all the gear and equipment. And if you stay at our lodging partners or anywhere local, we will pick you up from your doorstep, take you to the river, and then take you home. Um, so that's five hundred dollars. How cool is that? Well, for two people, it's five hundred bucks. That's it, a, I, I feel like that's a good deal. I I feel like for the you know once we pick you, especially if you're good at snacks and food the whole time too, and hanging out with you. Yep, snacks, food, drinks, uh, you know, and everything, and picking you up and taking you home. You know, once we're done with the day, we actually have about ten and a half to eleven hours into the entire day. Right. Right. You don't just show up and you're. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta uh, prep the boat. You gotta it's, clean it up afterwards. Do all that stuff. Uh, well, a lot of work. Full fuel cost, insurance cost. You know, fly cost, gear cost, lunch cost. You know, shuttle cost. Do I have to have a fishing license? You do need a fishing license. You can get that from TWRA. The links are on my website. Uh, usually, when folks book a trip with me, I send it back in an email the direct link uh, that you can get that fishing license. You just get it for a day or a week or something. You don't have to, um, you have to get a whole year's worth. They, you do not have to get a whole year's worth. They offer a three day. It's $30 um, for that. They used to have a one day and it was the same price as the three day. So it's just, just get the three day. Uh, you know, sometimes weather makes us shift things a day or two to the left or right. So sure. that three day is probably your best option. Okay. Um, and back to the trip. So that's a full day. Half days are $400. That's five, 
four to five hours of fishing. Um, same thing. We'll pick you up from your doorstep and all that. Um, we just don't, do not provide a lunch, but we do provide all the snacks and drinks for the day. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I love it. Um, when should people start like when, I mean, it's cold now, Sure. but you, and you, yep. we're, we were talking a little bit before we started about, um, the cold weather anglers yeah. that are coming out now, they're hard, yeah. hardcore. La, hardcore guys come during during the winter that say they resort to that uh, kind of the more advanced type of fly fishing, which is streamer fishing. But they're your dedicated guys um, for the winter months. You know, they're willing to be out there and be freezing. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So your business probably picks up in March, April. Yep. So and then it still can be chilly. It's still a little chilly, but it's it's bearable, and the fishing starts to to pick back up uh, in a sense of different methods. You know, the flowers are blooming, things are happening, bugs are starting to hatch again. It's yeah. uh, you can revert back to dry fly fishing or nymph fishing. Um, but March, April, and May, and then September, October, November, those are our six busiest months out of the year. Okay. So in between is kind of spotty. It's intermittent. You know, August kids are going back to school. Parents are done vacation for the year. Um, July is just real hot. Sometimes people don't want to deal with that. Um, June's pretty good, pretty busy too. But fish yeah, fish biting in July. Yeah, fish are biting in July. Um, I like to fish late afternoon in July, and the reason why is with the this is the biology factor in it. But the bugs that are hatching are kind of late afternoon on the South Holston. Um, you can go out there and do dry fly fishing, which is the flies that are floating on the top. Mm -hmm. And those fish actually come up from the bottom, eat them, take them back down. Um, so I like doing kind of late afternoon, evening stuff uh, in, in June and July. Um, which is one of the best parts of the day. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's, it's beautiful. fly fishing is a lifelong learning mentality. Uh, but the scenery that goes along with, like you just said, is absolutely amazing. But month by month, not only does the scenery change, but sometimes the methods of fishing change. So there's, we're always transitioning into that next month and what's, what's coming up. So, yeah, I always, there's a quote I love that a man never enters the same river twice. It's very the true. river's different and the yeah. man is different. Yeah. And I, I just love that. And, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Yeah learning about your business today yeah. um, anything we didn't i didn't ask you want to share no just come fish yeah you know, whether whether uh whether you need a handicap accessible drift boat or you're just looking to have good family time uh, our family trips are our favorite trips and uh yeah just just come fish come see what east tennessee has to offer and what the south holstein can do i think not only from a fishing standpoint but just from a life perspective come ride the south holstein with us for a day and let it let it take a hold of you just for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a beautiful place. We're yeah. in just, it's, I call it God's country. I mean, it's important. It is. So come check it out. Yeah. Hook up with Taylor and River Run Angling. Um, he seems like just a super good dude. So I'm excited to, I'm going to yeah. find a time to ride down with you. Please. I wanna, it'll be fun. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. So, thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, thank you for being on the podcast. And I, I learned a lot. I'm excited for sure. the listeners to learn and for your business to continue to flourish and grow. Until next time, I'm Colin Johnson with the Colin and Carly Group and Keller Williams Realty. If you want to move here, meet Taylor, go fishing with me and him. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, if you want to buy rental properties, we manage a ton of property for people. That side of our business is growing. We help people build wealth through that as well, which is a lot of fun. And so, um, yeah, give me a call. I'd love to help you. I hope you have a great day. Thanks again for listening.